everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I'm Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Pretty good. Excellent. Uh, we got a lot of dogs making noise in the background, so things are par for the course. I'm enjoying filling five food bowls again at breakfast and dinner time. Yep. Uh, I think it was one week that we didn't have to do that. Seemed like a long week. It sure did. So, uh, yeah. What are the dog? Oh, cocktail of the week. Well, I tried to make this cocktail called the lime and the coconut. There are many cocktails with that name. That song is so good. It's a good song. The cocktail was fine. So it's one ounce each of coconut rum and key lime rum, which we used last week in the tropical big cheese. Do you put the lime in the coconut? Well, I didn't put anything in the coconut. I did go get a couple of coconuts from our tree that had fallen off our tree. You got it. So for those of you who are not familiar, uh, coconuts, like the coconuts you buy in the store, that's the inside part. It's like the pit of a peach. Mm-hmm. So there's a big thing around it, which is like the actual coconut. Pit of an avocado. Yes, yes. So the thing you see in the store is like the pit. And uh, the actual coconut is way bigger, kind of like the equivalent of an avocado to its pit. It's mm-hmm. bigger than a football most of the time. It would hurt real bad if it fell off a tree and landed on your head. It dents cars. It absolutely would dent a car. They're very heavy. And uh, you don't pick them off the tree. Like they grow in bunches kind of where the, uh, the trunk of the palm tree meets the fronds. And then they just fall off when they're ready. And they last for a really long time after they fall off like yeah they can like float to deserted <laughs> islands and root there and start new palms i mean yep. they're pretty good at what they're doing but they're like edible for like a month or two at least after they fall off a tree you can crack them open i mean sometimes six months well they're without fine. refrigeration i mean even floating in the ocean sometimes yep. Right? yep yeah uh so we have a big pile of coconuts many of which have come off of our coconut trees some of which have floated up on the beach uh, I opened a couple of them today to make this cocktail, and one of them tasted just like salt water. So usually they're airtight, but this one clearly had been infiltrated. Um, it wasn't rancid. Sometimes they get rancid, and that's really... Rancid coconut is a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, these were just kind of salty, and I think those were ocean coconuts. Um, so I did get two that had come from our tree. They made good coconut water. So then you, you have to husk them, which requires... If you're a husker. An, a husker. Well, if you're an expert person, you can do it with a machete or some places have like big spikes in the Ugh. ground. Uh, you don't want me doing anything with a machete. I don't. I don't either. No. We have a machete. I'm not opening. I'm not doing anything with that. I'm going to cut my leg off if I try to use oh, that machete. It's giving me the shudders. Ugh. I have a coconut husker, which is basically like a big pair of pliers. Uh, it's probably like three feet long and it's got like little pointy end. Who's that squeaking? Guacamole. Oh, well, that's not a surprise. Uh, and you kind of jam it in the coconut and then you pull the handle parts apart and it pries open at the bottom. I ordered it on eBay from some dude in Thailand who makes them clearly out of rebar. He must have like a forge in his backyard. That thing is great. It's the perfect tool for it. It, it has is. the right like leverage, right? You yeah. Don't, you're not killing yourself and it grips the meat well it's it's amazing to me how crappy everything else is and how good that is yeah if you try to husk a coconut like with a kitchen knife or whatever tools you have in your house sawzall oh yes it will take forever uh this husker is great um so anyway 
I husked a couple of the coconuts from our trees and they were good. They were not salty. And so this cocktail is an ounce each of coconut rum and key lime rum, and then three ounces of coconut water from a freshly cracked coconut, which is what I did. And then you just shake that together. Um, I mean, coconut water, the stuff you buy in the store is a little more strongly flavored than the stuff you get out of a coconut usually. Um, but it doesn't taste like a whole lot. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of sweetness or no. flavor. Uh, which is fine. I mean, it's like good and refreshing, but it doesn't add a lot to the cocktail. And so it mostly just tastes like rum. And these are both really good rums, but I wanted something a little more than that. And I, so I was like, hey, GR Dad, how about I put some pineapple juice in this? And so we did that. Um, so it's not actually far off from what we had last week. And it's not bad. I mean, it's like a good, if I went to a tropical, like, beach and i got this in a thing with a little umbrella i'd be like cool but it's not what i wanted tonight so yeah i was what's, hoping for something great and surprising what's that gooey stuff they make out of coconut cream of coconut cream of coconut that's from the white stuff right i think they met they must like squish the meat together yeah i mean it's coconut <laughs> milk and coconut cream which you get in a can to cook with and then a fuckload of sugar is yeah. what cream of coconut is because coconut milk the coconut water doesn't taste like any it does is again it's like the milk you've got to like get out of the white stuff yeah yeah you there's a whole process yeah uh, there's a reason we buy it at the store because I, I don't think we could do it yeah you could but it's a process which we're not going to talk about on this podcast no um but yes to get coconut cream and coconut milk uh that's not the water on the inside you got to use the meat for that anyway so we tried to make the lime and the coconut, and it was not bad, but it was not good. So I'm drinking a dark and stormy. Jared has whatever it is that I made, pineapple juice plus that drink. It's good. I think it's good. It's a fruity, yeah. rummy drink, and I, I like it. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Probably would not recommend you write that one down and make it, but you know if you're, if you're the person who puts them on the fan wiki... There you go. The lime and the coconut is the one for this week. It's after the song. We recommend the song because it's a real earworm. The song is excellent. Um, all right, let's see. Dog updates. I like guacamole a little bit better than I liked last week. He had just frustrated me right before we recorded the last podcast. Um, so I was maybe a little unfair to him. He's a very good boy. And he's mellowing. He's getting better. I mean, everybody's getting better. It's been a really disruptive time for everyone right i mean losing queso and jasmine and then you know since november we've lost the two of them and brought in swizzle and then in february you know we we brought in swizzle in november and then we lost queso and jasmine in february and brought in guac and brody in january in february like all in one month a ton of ton of changes um and uh, you know swizz is like she barks a lot i mean she's a good dog but like that's an annoying habit and it's very hard to train it out of her because she can't hear she's deaf you can't yell at her uh guac needs some training and like brody uh chief brody like he's he's pretty good i mean he's old enough that he's like really mellow he does bark a little bit but like everybody together like our dogs would rarely bark before you know jasmine or vink would like bark at something and now there's much more barking because uh, Swizz likes to bark at everything. And it still has the echo effect where one of them barks and then three others join in and then the first one thinks, this is awesome, let's keep barking. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yes. So it's a lot of changes and and especially like bringing guacamole and Chief Brody in so close together, nobody has really had time to settle. So 
now they're getting a little bit better mm-hmm. every week. Um, you know, Guac is not playing aggressively like he was, which was something we were complaining about. It's, it's gotten much more mellow and careful. Yeah, uh, he sort of learned. And, and there weren't any incidents of anyone, like, giving him a nip or, like, correcting him. He's just kind of settled down, so. Yeah, he was he was tugging with Swizzle, and he was doing it in a very, I'd say, controlled, careful way. Yep. Because he could just, I mean, he's like twice her size, right? He could just drag her around if he wanted to. Uh, And, well, she's almost 15, right? And he's three. Uh, But he doesn't. Like, he's he's really playing and attentive to them. So I still think he, you know, he'll benefit from some work on that because I can see him, like, getting excited if we see, like, a dog on the street and being just hyper, right? It's not, he's not aggressive. It's just, like, playing too rough and, like, not being able to control his feelings <laughs> and so yeah. that will help um i have so you know we're our plans i guess last week was that oh on april 1st we're gonna bring him to the trainer in maryland and we're not going to maryland for a while now because there's nothing that we were going to do there is happening anymore um i told your dad we're not going to talk about much of the world's chaos on this podcast but we had uh I think four, we were going to go on vacation to New Orleans. I was going to run the Boston Marathon and the London Marathon, and I think I had a work trip in April, and now none of that is happening. Uh, I don't have to, I am discouraged from going to work on campus. Dad works here. I mean, you could, I guess, go into the office in D.C., but it's not expected, and so there's, like, no reason for us to go to Maryland. Yeah, in a way for us, it's meant more of the same instead of, we were going to have a change in April when we drove back to Maryland. Right, right. So we're just staying here for the foreseeable future. Uh, a friend is going to stay in our house in Maryland, which is pretty cool. So she gets uh, she gets to water our plants and also be separate from everybody else. So yeah, she's self isolating in our house. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of funny. She's uh, so she's older and is you know in in the group older than us. So in the group that is uh, at higher risk and. Uh, I was, I had texted her and I was like, you know, if you're up by our house, could you, we had it, the basement waterproofed. It's a whole drama I don't want to talk about, but it's been an expensive month for the house in, in Maryland. And I'm like, could you just go, like, if you're up there, could you swing by and like take a couple pictures and show me what it looks like? And she's like, oh, you know, I'm self-isolating. I'm not going anywhere. She's like, you know, I, I had rented a, a house cause there's a bunch of people like like some of their kids are coming back to their house. She's like, so I rented myself a place to go because I really want to be careful. She's like, I could go to your house though. And I was like, you sure could go to my house. Like, uh, so, so that's good. The house up there is going to be taken care of. Um, but that means Guac is not going to stay and train. Uh, so I have started working with him a few times a day on his recall and he gets it. Like he knows the command. He'll do it in the house now, right? If I give it to him, he'll come. Um, which is great, but I took him for a run today and let him off the leash. Like, he's on the leash all the time now. Oh, we haven't talked about that. Guacamole's very bad day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was right after we recorded the last one and long enough that we've almost forgotten it again. We'll give you that whole story. From his perspective, it's not a very bad day. Oh, my God. Uh, So, anyway, you will soon hear why Guac is on the leash all the time now. Uh, So, I took him for a run on this like abandoned road where we run and I let him in the water at like Hopper's Beach, which you know if you have if you follow Jen Runs with Dogs, my running account. And he went into the water and then I tried to call him today and he's like, heck no, I'm not coming. So uh, we still I mean it's only been like three or four days, but he 
he at least knows the command now, and all we have to do is work it and work it and work it with him, and he'll get it. Yeah. So let's tell the story of guacamole's very bad day. Oh, yeah, because we didn't used to have him on a leash because we have a fence. We have a fenced yard, and it works great with all the other dogs. Like, there's a fence, and all they can do is run up to the fence and come back, and that's fine. And, you know, he was slow to come in sometimes. We we had some frustrations where he wouldn't come back, and he liked slow to be Slow to come in is nice. Yeah, he made us yeah, chase him. Yeah, you know, that, that was the frustration. But we weren't really worried about him running away. Yeah, and, you know, I think last week on the podcast, we mentioned that he had realized he could run into the water and swim around, and so that made it hard to get him. Uh, but what happened on Guacamole's very bad day last week is that we had him outside and, you know, I was downstairs working on a project. The dogs are allowed outside and they just kind of wander in the yard. And, uh, and Jared Dad is suddenly like, hey, where's guacamole? One, two, three, four. Oh, where is guacamole? Okay, so he is not in the yard. He is not in the house. And so he's, we're like... He's not with hops in the water. Where could he be? And the day before he had, I think the day before, he'd run over to the neighbor's house in the water and was like under their dock. And uh, and Jared Dad was trying to get him and it was low tide so Jared Dad could walk over and get him. But he was like diving under their dock because his ball had floated over there and he was supposedly trying to get the ball according to the neighbor who was standing on the dock. So we look over at the neighbor's house, he's not there, but he's not in our yard. He's not out in the street, there's nobody walking by. So he must have swum somewhere you jumped in the kayak i got in the kayak and start kayaking around and he's two houses down in the other direction where our neighbors are out like fishing basically they have a seawall they're fishing off the seawall he's standing like right up along the seawall they were like throwing in cat food i guess for the fish cat food and he was chum. <laughs> eating the cat food that they threw in the water so i kayak over and then like have to call to jared uh, to come around on the street side with a leash to like hook him up and this is like get to know the neighbors <laughs> like sorry you know? my dog ate your fish bait and now is standing in your yard and the, like the guy was it was the guy and his wife and the guy was like holding my kayak because i did you know guac like they had a little staircase climbed out and was like in their yard and so i had to like grab him waiting for gr dad to get over there with the leash and uh then i had to you know kayak back while jared dad brought him home so that was bad so now guac is always on the training lead when and, he's outside and he always walks to the water and looks over longingly at the cat food heaven place yeah. <laughs> too he's like i could swim over there and there's probably more cat food yeah Ugh. so that was part one and then we went out to dinner that night which was still a thing we can do uh chief brody was on is on prescription dog food because he's got really bad allergies and so he came with a bag of dog food that he'd been eating and uh we had it up on the counter so it's like a whatever, 12 pound bag, probably. And it's sitting up on the counter. So, you know, way high up, it's on the kitchen counter. And it's a sealed bag of dog food. Yeah, it's got heavy, like a little zippy seal. Heavy on the duty top. plastic. Yeah. And uh, it was probably half empty. So we go out to dinner, and we come home, we open the door. And I'm like, huh, it smells like potatoes. It smells like something hmm. in here, which is not what the house normally smells Hydrol like. Hydrolyzed, hydrolyzed protein. Hydrolyzed protein. Hydrolyzed what protein. it actually smelled like was Chief Brody's food because the bag of his food was no longer on the counter. It was on the floor and it was quite 
a bit lighter, like many pounds lighter huh. than it had been. Was, was anyone correspondingly heavier? Oh my God. So we knew that Guac was a counter surfer. And so I go up to Guac and I'm like, let me feel your tum guac. And he's, I mean, oh my God. His belly was just massive. Buddha belly. Oh my God. It was so big. So of course, you know, with especially with big dogs, they can get a thing called food bloat where uh, basically like, especially if they, so there's regular bloat, which kills a lot of dogs. And that's when their stomach kind of twists uh, and it, and then the gases kind of build up in there. Most dogs die when they bloat either way. Um, I've had it happen to a dog before. It happened to one of the dogs in the Iditarod this year, but they ended up saving her, which was good. So that's kind of regular bloat. And it just, it it happens in dogs, especially who are like deeper chested. Um, So bigger dogs mostly. But then they can also get food bloat when they eat like a huge amount of food. So I know one guy whose dog, he had a German shepherd who died from food bloat because he had found, he was like on campus and there had been like some you know, pizza party with these oh, like deep no. dish Chicago pizzas and they had just cleared, you know, cleared everything off. And there was a whole deep dish pizza basically in the trash oh. afterwards. And he ate the whole thing and, and died because they, they get all the food in the stomach and then it basically kind of solidifies into a big mass. Ugh. And then like any of the stomach gases can't get out. It can't pass out of their digestive tract because it's like one big mass that Turns doesn't into break a down. Mysterious foreign object. Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they die a lot faster than with the mysterious foreign object. And so if they eat a lot of kibble, that can happen where it gets like, you know, it absorbs water yeah. in the stomach and then it turns into one big mass could, and they, could turn into a brick, like a Dolby brick. Basically. Oof. Yeah. Uh so I called the vet and I was like, you know, he's not I I've had a dog who bloated before. He's not doing any of that stuff. He's perfectly happy, but his belly's giant. <laughs> and and they're like, well, you know, <laughs> they thought it was very funny. And they're like, you know, just keep an eye out for, so the signs of bloat is like, if your dog starts retching, like they're going to throw up, but nothing comes out. That's a really classic sign. Um, because nothing can come out. That's the problem, yeah. but they're trying to clear it. Um, I mean, my dog who had it, like she literally went into a corner of dark corner of the backyard to die. It was terrible. She, ended, she lived though. She, okay, right? yeah. yeah, she, uh, she had 2 AM emergency surgery and three days in the ICU and $8,000 later I had her back. Um, but yeah, it's really, they're really in distress. Uh, and so he wasn't doing any, Guac was pretty pleased with him. What did we calculate between seven and 10 pounds of food? No, 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 no. I mean, the bag was only 12. It was probably three or four pounds of food. Uh, it was still a lot. It's a lot of kibble to eat. And, uh, so, you know, we had to watch him all night. So in one day he escaped him, you were trying to like get him to process it as fast as possible. It's terrible. Like the, the. And he felt a little uncomfortable, but not that guilty. <laughs> no, he was fine. And by the next morning, he was fine. Uh, no problems. Like, he did, he seemed a little uncomfortable, like, overnight and in the morning, like, just from all the pressure of all that food <laughs> yeah. in him. Uh, but then he was fine. So he he thought it was probably a day of great adventure. It was a <laughs> it day was of... like his red letter day. It was like, <clears throat> that was my best day so far. Oh, my God. So now it's sort of like... Uh, we both have to be very careful about not leaving any food on the counter, but I'm constantly like, put those treats away. Like dear dad, you got to put the crackers away. You got to put, you cannot leave anything on the counter because he's going to pull it down. Um, and he has to be on the leash when he's outside. That said, he's 
very good. He seems very happy learning the training. Like he seems to like me more as I teach him stuff. And so I think he'll learn. It's just going to take a while. And he's relaxing. Yeah, he's calmer. He's relaxing. He's realizing this is permanent, that these are his sisters and brother. Yeah. It's good. He gets on the bed and he snuggles. He's a great snuggler. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, Chief Brody, on the other hand, is a perfect angel and I'm in love with him and he's the best. (laughs) He's... He's an even he's, greater snuggler. Oh my God, he's, he's the, so good. He snuggles like a Chihuahua snuggles or a, or a you know French bulldog, but he's ninety pounds. I don't know how Chihuahuas or French bulldogs snuggly. snuggle. Is I'm, that true? I'm imagining snuggly. I don't know. They're, they're small. <laughs> Wait, you just picked like breeds little, and you're like little dogs. They're like lap dogs. They want to snuggle up to be warm. All right, I, any Chihuahua or French bulldog owners, it's at Ingo Burkhart if you want to correct his impression of your dog. I think they're snuggly, but. But is that, that's like you theorizing or you know? Your dad's making shit up. Okay. Uh, He's very snuggly. Uh, The problem is that like he's so grateful to be here. And I think happy to be out of the cone, happy that he's not itchy, like just feeling really good. He's so happy and grateful for it that like in the middle of the night, He's like, I need to get up on the bed and I need to lick you both in the face. And then rub into you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a dope. And he makes schmeek noises. He's and got he the just, schmeek sounds. He's just, he's just so fun. And he rub, rolls on his back and is joyful. Oh my gosh. Just, he rolls on his back and like holds toys in his hands. There's that like great viral video of the golden retriever who has a stuffed golden retriever. And he like, he's on his back and he sticks his front paws way out like with the golden retriever <laughs> and he looks at them. And he's got this like big happy face and then he pulls it down and like smushes it on his face. Oh, and then he holds it back up again. Chief Brody does that with like the donut. He was doing it with the donut last yeah. night, like this donut toy. And then he stuck like his bottom jaw through the hole of the donut. <laughs> and he's like, I can stick my little snoop in the hole. This is pretty great. Uh, so he's just he's big, having a great time, wonderful, yeah. snuggly. I mean, last night at some point, you know, like I spoon with him and, and he like gets up and down, got up and I was sleeping like back to back with him at one point. And he's just, he's so happy and he's so good. He's just, he's just giant for a lap dog. I, mean, I think he, he, he does he climb on you. Squeezes some air out of you. Yeah. He, <laughs> I mean, you guys have maybe seen the videos of like Hops does this with GR dad, where she puts like one paw on either side of his shoulders and then <laughs> And sometimes, yeah, sometimes back feet on either side of his hips and then just lowers herself down. So she's entirely on top of him. Uh, Chief Brody, thankfully, does not do the whole body, but he does do the one paw on either side of the shoulders and then lays pointy elbows too. Yeah. Lays his, uh, his torso across you and, uh, very insistent face licker, but he's, he's great. He's a real winner and I just think he's wonderful. Yeah. And he's He's fitting in well. He's playing more. He, he just lo- he thinks it's awesome to have toys available. He's learning that these can be his toys too. Yeah. No. He he's playing definitely more with everybody else. Uh, and Guac too is being a really good playmate. He, mm-hmm. he and Sizzle like Sizzle loves Guac. Sizzle is so excited to have Guac around. She and, thinks and, he's great. And Guac is doesn't really know what to do about that at this point. He's playing with her though. Like she'll Yeah, he's getting much better. Like they're they were tugging this morning and she like taunts him and like makes him chase her around and she chases him out in the yard a little bit when he's running. Like she really thinks he's very exciting. Yeah, totally. Uh, so they have a good time together. He still does this thing though where he puts his ball on the ground three inches from his face and then growls at it. 
Because, like, it's going to come back to him if he growls enough. <laughs> so anyway, everybody's doing good. Uh, no problems to report. So that's the dog update for this yeah, week. Yeah, upward trajectory, or we're getting more used to it. Who knows? All right. So uh, taste of the keys for this week. As I said, we're not doing any coronavirus stories. So we have man causing disturbance in plane at Key West Airport arrested. Uh, so that's always good. I know a guy who got thrown off a plane once. I remember that story, yes. Guac! He got thrown off a plane for being kind of grumpy, I think. For being a jerk. Can you well, give Guac whatever it is he's growling at? I think it's the new toy that, that, that Vink has. Vink is taking yeah. apart. Hang, hang on. Vink, no. no. Oh, I'm podcasting. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Guac. All right. Don't climb up on the counter. Sorry, Vink. You lose. There you go, Guac. Okay. All right. A 32-year-old homeless man was arrested Sunday morning after causing a disturbance on a commercial airplane as it was preparing to leave Key West International Airport and spitting on a Silver Airways employee. That is a poor sentence, though you do get a sense of all the stuff that happened. Yeah. Uh, this dude, he was charged with disorderly intoxication. Big shocker there. Disturbing the peace. Battery on a law enforcement officer. Battery and resisting arrest. Okay, so they call the cops out. The plane is sitting on the tarmac. So Key West International Airport. Um, that is what it's called. It is. It has six gates, uh, which are six doors to the outside. There, it's, it's a ground level. Yes, it's a ground level. <laughs> and uh, you, when you want to get on a plane, you walk out the door yes. and you walk across the tarmac and then walk up a set of stairs onto your plane. It's like... Into your yard is the gate. Like, you know, your yes. house has two gates to your backyard. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so it's uh, it's not a big airport, and you have to walk across the tarmac both ways. Uh, and in fact, you can't transfer. This is interesting. Like, there was some big weather event once when I was flying down here, and for some reason, some people flew from flew to Key West and then we're going to get on a plane in Key West to go back up to Tampa or something. Yeah. There'd been tons of cancellations and I think they're like, all right, well, let's get them down to Florida. And we, we had been delayed and they were getting in like, you know, five minutes before the gate was closing for their Tampa flight. But the problem is that you can't, those six gates, the people who are getting off the plane don't go in there. They go in to the to the right or to the left of to like where gates. the baggage claim is and like that's on the wrong side of security right you don't go into the departure lounge where all the gates are you just go directly to baggage claim and so if you get off a plane in key west and then you want to get back on another plane you have to go through security because you can't go back in it's just right. not an option to go back in right. uh so it's a very tiny little airport with people walking around and there's just like little green lines that is like walk between the green lines to get from your plane. Okay. So that's just to set the stage. This plane is, you know, on the tarmac. That's where you get on the plane. They just park out there and they've got little stairways or ramps that you walk up to get on. Um, okay. So the plane is on the tarmac. Uh, this is a silver airlines plane. I think they've got like the propeller planes. Mm. So there's like small regional jets, like Embraer 175s often fly into Key West. There's no giant planes. That silver airlines goes to Florida, pretty much Southern Florida. They do a lot of Latin America too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like when we flew Panama to Newark, oh. um, and I think from like Guayaquil 
to Panama. I think that was on Silver Airways. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they're, they contract with United. Um, but yeah, so they, they do fly a lot over Florida and, uh, they have little propeller planes that fly into Key West. All right. So he's on a Silver Airways plane, the plane's sitting on the tarmac. Um, and he's just like, it's getting ready to depart. And he, they're like kicking this guy off. So he's on the plane, uh, apparently is like making a big scene, uh, spit at the flight spit in the, in the flight attendant's face. Uh, he, and they're like, okay, the cops show up and they're like, dude, super drunk. He's uncooperative. Uh, so they get him off the plane, bring him down the stairs and he lays down on the tarmac, <laughs> just drops to the ground. He's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Like a toddler. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they're trying to pick him up and it really is like a toddler. It says he began twisting his body and kicking. <laughs> just like a. Like a two-year-old with a tantrum. A two-year-old at the grocery store totally. who's like, I want the chocolate. <laughs> and you're trying to pick them up. And they're all just like kicking their legs and screaming. Impossible to pick up. That's yeah. this 32-year-old guy on the tarmac of the U.S. <sighs> airport. Um, yeah, so they managed to secure him when he's on the ground. And uh, he's still twisting and kicking around. In view of airport passengers, it says in this story, arriving and departing crews as well as other airport employees, thus interrupting normal airport operations, which I guess is probably a charge they can give you because like people are trying to do stuff and there's just this like psycho tantrum 32 year old (laughs) happening. Uh, So they finally get him in the car. So they take him through baggage claim, walk roughly 15 feet until they're out of the airport. <laughs> there's, <laughs> and there's always cop cars. There are out two there. carousels carousel one and carousel two. Uh, and then, and in between them is a rum bar. Yep. And then it's pretty good. You pretty walk good outside. That's, that's it. And there's bathrooms. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the baggage claim area is very small. And then there's chickens. And then outside. you go out and there's chickens outside, which you've seen us chase the airport chickens. That's there. Uh, and then the cops are parked right out in front of the door there. So they get him out. Uh, they put him in the car and he starts banging his head on the partition, like the divides uh, the front and the back seat. How many, how many episodes of Cops is that in where they're just like banging so and kicking many. in the back oh seat? Oh my God. Yeah. I used to watch Cops all the time. <laughs> no, you did. Uh, yeah, I can't really watch it anymore, but I many years and and growing up we watched cops all the time too okay so uh yeah so this guy is smashing his head on the partition then they put him in a hobble restraint device should we google what that is probably like what they put people in uh in jail in uh courtrooms and stuff right i don't know i've never really been in a courtroom like that oh so it's got a little like belt thing that goes around your waist and then they tie your feet together and that like has like a dog leash basically that clips to the waist thing. And then there's also uh, like behind your back, they can clip that to the waist thing. So you can't run fast at all. So your legs are tied together. Your ankles are tied together. And then your hands are handcuffed or whatever. They can be cuffed onto this. And then there's a waist belt and then your wrists are cuffed to the belt. And then there's a, a kind of leash, a cable, whatever that connects your ankles to the belt. Also, it, it looks terrible. That looks. It but looks it really hard. restricts your your ability to kick and punch and run. Oh, this is interesting. So you can do it when you're like. So imagine sitting down, mm-hmm. leaning up against a wall with your legs out in front of you. So you can wear the hobble restraint device like that. I'm looking at the preview of a YouTube video called 
the Hubble restraint device used for non-compliant individuals. <laughs> so <laughs> hands behind the back, ankles, you know, legs out in front of you, ankles bound together, yeah. and then both of those tied to the waist thing. Or you can have a dude basically hog-tied, face down on the ground, ankles connected to wrists, connected to waist. Uh, Maybe they did that with him since he was tantrumy. Oh, look, no, there's a specific image for when in the vehicle, Hobble is secured by closing the door on the strap to tether the person's feet. So that's ah. interesting. So you've got a, you've got the hands tied in, you got the feet stuck to the like closed in the, the door. door. He, he was because he was kicking the partition. I think they didn't like. It that. says banging the head. Uh-huh. He was banging his head on the partition divider. He was placing a hobble restraint device while yelling and spitting at deputies. It took both deputies to overpower and restrain him. He then spit in the deputy's face. This guy was really into spitting. The the guy stated he was a Marine Corps veteran and that he had the coronavirus. Oh, I I was trying to avoid coronavirus and I forgot this guy. I've seen a lot of those stories this week, like people who spit in cops' faces and say they have the coronavirus. Cops, cops, being a police officer is the hardest job in the world to do well. It is really hard. We expect a lot of these guys. Yeah, I hope... I, I. I know the guy didn't have the coronavirus because there are currently zero cases of coronavirus in Monroe County, so he didn't have it, uh, assuming he got tested for it. So another cop shows up. They transported him to the medical, the Lorkey's Medical Center, which is a hospital in Stock Island, roughly three-minute drive from the airport. And, and right across the street from the jail. It is right next to the jail, <laughs> yes. Uh, they found a small glass pipe with marijuana residue in it. Uh, he changed his story and said he lied about having the coronavirus, <laughs> and he was medically cleared at the hospital. So if you need a coronavirus test, what you can do is spit in a cop's face, tell them that you have coronavirus, and then you will get fast-tracked for a test at the hospital. You know what their test was? They took his temperature. They probably didn't do a coronavirus test. Don't listen to Jared Dad. He's just making this shit guy's up. He's fine. Jared Dad doesn't know. Spitter. He was medically cleared at the hospital. He is a spitter for sure. Yeah. Don't, don't make up stories about how he was determined to not have coronavirus. I know some stuff, man. Don't don't be that guy. You don't know anything. <sighs> that means, yes. That, that, the <laughs> translation of that sound is, yes, Jen, I don't know anything, and I'm sorry that you're calling me out about it on the podcast. It may be, that may be true. Arwen was booked into jail. Oh, see, I was trying not to use his name. He was booked into jail. He was. He had previously been released from jail on March 11th, so this is a few days before after being arrested by Key West Police Department for burglary and resisting arrest. So. He may be even a worse guy than a spitter. Burglary is not an accidental. <laughs> no, no. I mean, spitting's not really accidental no, either. No, no. Uh, lying about having coronavirus is not, also not an accident. And so anyway, there you go. There's our miscreant of the week. All right, Jared. From, from the keys. From yeah. the keys, yeah. You got a German word of the week for us? Contact person management. <laughs> There's a little American at the end there. Well, we use... We Contact person management. management. you got to say it angrier. Just management. say it angrier. Contact person management. Ah, that's better. <laughs> Contact person management. Yeah. Social distancing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Manage how, how many people some person gets in contact with yeah. and to. Yeah. 
in the, I, uh, in the allgemeine Bevölkerung, in the general population. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Good one. I, uh, so I'm teaching, I teach social network analysis. Yeah. I teach a class on social networks. And so I'm teaching it both like a, so online at the University of Maryland for undergraduates, INST 155, if you're at the University of Maryland, you can take it, or INST 633 if you're a graduate student. Um, but I also teach like a four-week short course through statistics.com that covers a lot of similar material, like the statistical parts of it. And so both classes this week are in the um, network propagation section, just which coincidentally. just talks, it's literally like epidemiology. Oh, like here's man. how diseases spread. Like here's different models of diseases. Here's how they spread through contact networks. Like and you used to do zombie outbreaks modeling. I have a stuff. chapter that calls it that, but there's literally an exercise where like, here's a social network, you know, these three people are infected and you have to choose people to quarantine. And it was always like such a hard exercise to give students to be like, like, let me explain what quarantining is. And it's, it's a very difficult decision to make to force someone to stay in their house. And it takes a lot of resources to do that. Right. And so you can't just Gotta get it right. quarantine everyone. You have to pick like, who are the people that you're going to quarantine? So, uh, you know, every, you basically do it like a game, right? So here's your person, you get to pick three people to quarantine and then the disease spreads to the first contacts and then you get to pick some more. And the goal is like, how do you cut off the biggest part of the network by quarantining people this week? That's the exercise they're all working man, on. And as, as though you'd planned it, man. So some of the students are like, wow, that really worked <laughs> out. And I'm like, I expect you all to do very well. <laughs> like enjoy your new knowledge. This has been on the syllabus since January. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's sort of interesting, <laughs> but yeah, contact per zone management, management is, uh, is exactly what they're working on in class and in their everyday lives. I'm just making learning more relevant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else you want to add before we sign off for the week? Okay. Your time's up. Uh, how's queso? Queso is always awesome. Awesome. It's always going to be awesome. Always. Until next week, everyone, uh, wash your hands, stay in the house, don't bite anyone unless they don't ask you to. spit on people, don't bite anyone for Pete's sake, guys. Keep your mouth to yourself. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs>